1: Get Cox Internet, powered by fiber, with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary
2: and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
1: Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of... The easy-baked oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. It's game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy
3: New Champ Tuesday. Nuggets are NBA champions. Shout out. Well done by Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, Michael Malone, Calvin Booth, whoever you want to name, I'll name them here in a second. We'll discuss it. But well done by the Nuggets to get over top of the heat in just five games. They win 94-89 last night. But welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the Gabe Koon Show. I am your host, Gabe Kuhn. on Twitter at G underscore kuhn 71 former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Koon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on Twitter at dunning 929 Connor, how are we feeling? Feeling great,
4: man. Feeling Good to great.
3: Hear. Good to hear. Absolutely. Shout out. Now, we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. Now, I am going to open on the Nuggets and what they were able to do to get over top and become NBA champions. And I think around the league, a lot of people can take lessons away from the Nuggets, sticking to it, making slight changes, evolving slightly to get over top. But I will ask the question. At the bottom of this hour, how close are the Grizzlies? And I have three ways that the Grizzlies can ensure that they're next. The next franchise that has not been to an NBA Finals, that has never won an NBA Finals. I have three ways that they can get there and make that happen for themselves. And then us, here in Memphis, we could be celebrating an NBA championship. We'll talk about that. Um, As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock. Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian at 6 o'clock. Per normal on a Tuesday, that would be Christian Fowler from uh, Bluff City Media on the Bluff Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, um, Apple, Spotify, um, and you can go to YouTube, uh, Bluff City Media. You can watch a full-length video podcast in our, in our new beautiful studio, new beautiful studio. But Christian will join at 6. We'll talk about uh, the NBA Finals. Uh, we'll hop into a little bit of Big 12 Memphis talk as well as that continues to spiral and be in a, an interesting spot. A lot of people are having discussions about it, and uh, no one knows what to think at the moment, but but we'll, we'll hopefully shed a little bit of light at 6 o'clock, Christian and I. We'll hop into the Blitz at 6.30, and with the NBA Finals ending, now it's on to football for me in a lot of ways. That's the truth of it. Stephon Diggs not at minicamp. So, there is that. Sean McDermott tells the media that it's very concerning. Stephon Diggs is not with the Bills at this moment. And also, FanDuel, we have some early MVP odds for the NFL. Who do you think's at the top there, Connor? Who, who, what's your guess?
4: It's got to be Mahomes.
3: Well, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow all share the highest odds, plus 700. And then I'll, I'll tell you who I, you know, on the outside, who I think can uh, potentially go win that award when it's all said and done. But at the top 15... And I'll, I'll shed light on this when we get to it. top 15, all quarterbacks. So it's, it's a quarterback award. Like, I, we don't have to fool ourselves anymore. Offensive player of the year generally will be the best non-quarterback. Justin Jefferson won last year. But MVP is all, it's all quarterbacks. It's all quarterbacks. Now, Nuggets, make it happen. Game 5, 94-89. And I, I have to say off top, it was tough to see the Jimmy Butler giveth and taketh away at the end of that game, wasn't it? Jimmy Butler had been so phenomenal for the Heat that entire time. He scored 13 straight points, and then when it really mattered, turnover missed three that ultimately lost them the game. Not fun. Not fun for Jimmy Butler. But we saw he was sort of a shell of himself this entire series because of that ankle injury. It's not surprising uh, to see him sort of fall off a cliff from a production standpoint in the NBA Finals, but what he meant to that Heat team, you have to tip your cap to him and that Heat team as a whole, eight seed Second eight seed all-time to ever get to the NBA Finals. First play-in team to get to the NBA Finals. So the Heat deserve their credit as a whole. Also, quick sidebar before I hop into uh, sort of praising the Nuggets. It's disgusting for me, and obviously people know I'm a uh, aggrieved St. Louis Rams fan. Stan Kroenke and his success makes me want to throw up. It makes me want to throw up, brother. I can't do it. The Rams win in 2022. He owns the Rams. The Colorado Mammoth of the, lacrosse, the National Lacrosse League won, I believe, in 2022. The Avalanche, who he owns in the NHL, won in 2022, and now the Nuggets in 2023. I can't I, I, – disgust me. It's gross. I can't do it. Like, the best thing he ever did was Marianne Walton, right? Like, that's, that's his claim to fame. We can talk about all the ownership – and his team's having success. But he married Ann Walton and never looked back. But you know what? From this point forward in today's show, in the, uh, on this Tuesday edition of the Gabe Kuhn Show, I'm going to leave my personal problems out of this. Now, Nuggets are champions for the first time ever. Nikola Jokic, finals MVP. The man that was drafted during a Taco Bell Quesarito commercial has won finals MVP. He has two MVPs to his name at this point before he turned 30. He has won an NBA championship, and he's the first player ever to lead the playoffs in total points, total rebounds, and total assists. He set the record for triple-doubles in a single playoff run. He had 30-14-7 and seven in the NBA finals. Joel Embiid may have won the MVP, but in my opinion, Nikola Jokic has won the real MVP by getting over top, getting a championship, and getting that finals MVP. He's the face of the NBA champions, and therefore – I think he's the face of the NBA until next season, at the very least. And I did get a kick out of it. Usually when you win a championship and you're asked by Lisa Salters after the game or whoever the, the sideline reporter is, I'm going to Disney World, you know, yada, yada, yada. Nikola was asked, how does he feel? This was, uh, this was how Nikola Jokic felt. And now
0: you are an NBA champion, Nikola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good.
3: When the job is done. You can go home now. The NBA like a 9 to 5. He treats it. And then in the in the post game remarks, we can talk about it. He was sort of asked about a parade, are you excited for a parade? And Nikola Jokic said it turned to his PR guy said, well, "You know, when when it, when is the parade?" PR guy. He says Thursday. He goes, "No, man. No, I need to go home." He he it's like he doesn't like being in the USA, man. I liked the
4: response from the PR person though. They were like, "But you can go home Friday." And he was like, "Okay, okay. okay. I can go home okay. Friday." Okay.
3: But he he it's like he don't want to be there.
4: No, I mean, he just I, you know, he wants to go back home. If you've seen I I tweeted out the video of him dancing in Serbia last night after he won the championship, I think that he is saving his partying for Serbia because I feel I guess like so. Serbian partying is probably a different beast that None of us could survive, except maybe you. I think that you might have the body type for it, <laughs> considering that you're a massive human being. I think it would quite literally kill me. I think that Nikola Jokic and his brothers, if I tried to drink with them, it would just murder me. It would be it would be it would be attempted murder, at, at the very least.
3: Are they vodka drinkers in Serbia? They've got to we know.
4: They've gotta be. If gotta they're not, be. if they're not Eastern I'm gonna be European. disappointed. Eastern Honest Europe. to God, if you cut one of them, vodka probably bleeds
3: out, <laughs> if I had to guess. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, it was a boring I hate to say it. And I, I and I, I know that like I feel like American media and us in general we're the only people that can make a story out of how people react to winning a championship. We're but reacting that to boring, the reaction, yes. that was that was a boring response. It was It was so it was a boring post. It was Like a, the, the 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 highlight in a lot of ways was Aaron Gordon roaming the streets. And then you had uh, uh, Nikola Jokic tackling Jamal Murray. That into, was fun. Uh, just by the way, I've seen rehab pulls before. That was a filthy rehab pull. Oh. Filthy. May have not got a lot of use out of it. Then he get some chlorine in that thing. But those <laughs> were the highlights of it. And then I, I guess that, you know, the Jokic brothers throwing around Michael Malone while the fa- his face, he's just elated. He's just so happy. But it was kind of a boring, it was it, a boring uh, uh, celebration. It was
4: boring, but it was also perfect at the same time. Because I didn't expect him to react any other way to any of these questions except this way. The only thing that I am disappointed in was with Jokic winning the title, I thought that we were going to get him replicating the Marc Gasol parade performance. I really thought that we could get that out of him, just having just the biggest, drunkest person in the city. (laughs) I really thought that we were going to get that with Jokic. I still think that we have a chance, considering I feel like this man's going to throw down and actually have some fun. But his responses were exactly what I thought Nikola Jokic would say, and I think that they're ultimately going to kind of go into his whole weird legacy talk because it's going to be like, this is what this guy is. He, him not taking it serious is somehow the funniest thing I it think is, could and, possibly
3: happen. And I do kind of appreciate, uh, to a certain extent, his, his, yeah, we got the job done, I'm ready to go home. Now it's time for the off season. I want to relax a little bit. Go buy another horse. Get in my carriage. What do they call those things? I, I don't even know what they a carriage. Is, yeah, sure. Is, is yeah. that the carriage he's in in the back? But he wants another horse. He wants to go back to Serbia. And uh, I, I do. Uh, I do get a kick out of him. Did you see him shake up the champagne bottle? Just like no effort into it. And he was drinking Michelob Ultra. That's all. <laughs> It looked like it was hard for him to get that Michelob Ultra down. Get that man some vodka or something. Get him something that they drink in Serbia. Something that he enjoys. Yeah, well, he was
4: probably like, there's no alcohol in this. Give me something else. Yeah,
3: but but yeah, ultimately the Nuggets getting over top and and winning, I think, signals a lot to the rest of the NBA from a championship contention standpoint. That team was truly great this whole year, right? They were the best in the West. 53 wins. Then this playoff season— they were 16 and 4. They joined the Lakers, Warriors and Spurs as the only team in the teams in the last 25 years with less than 5 losses in a title run. We can talk about them winning the championship being slightly boring, but damn they were dominant. They were dominant. And I know everyone wants to transition to the talks about could this be the start of a dynasty. If you go look at the the odds for next year's uh, the 2024 NBA title, the Nuggets are at plus 500, Celtics plus 550, Bucks plus 600, so the Nuggets are the favorites to win next year, as most champions are, but they were dominant, and they deserve their respect every step of the way. And I think what should be signaled to the rest of the championship teams, teams that are in that championship contention window, and I'll get to the Grizzlies in a little bit. The trial and error of this Nuggets team makes you feel good about where you should be at, right? Jokic, Came in the league 2015-2016. Uh, I mean, had a yeoman's first year, 10, ten boards, 7 assist, or seven rebounds, 3 assists per game. Was a bench player. But missed the playoffs every single year the Nuggets did. Until 18-19. Then they took their playoff lumps, right? Second round exit. Western Conference Finals exit. Second round exit again. So you went back on that Western Conference Finals appearance in the bubble. Then you had a first-round exit last year. And then last night, you win the finals. And a lot happened in that time, right? Jamal Murray had an ACL surgery that he had to go through a full rehab stint. Michael Porter Jr. had really bad back issues. They had to trade for Aaron Gordon, and he had to get acclimated. And then you traded foundational pieces. Gary Harris, um, uh, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, Monte Morris. But what did the Nuggets do that entire time? I think there's a lesson to be taken. With all of the championship coaches that have been fired as of late, the Nick Nurses, the Mike Budenholzer, yada, yada, it goes on, Frank Vogel, Ty Lue,
1: Doc Rivers.
3: They stayed patient. They stuck by their coach. They waited their turn, and they handed the keys of the franchise personnel decisions to their GM, Calvin Booth. And Calvin Booth, I know he doesn't get talked about a whole lot, But he kept evolving around what they had. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, even though there were some injuries with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, he kept evolving, trying to change some things around to give them a better shot once he got in there in 2020. Year after year, he just did things within the margins to try to go make something happen. He felt very confident about what they had going. Now, they become... They come off the list. There was 11 franchises before last night that had yet to win a championship. They take their name off that list. Now there's only 10, and the Grizzlies are part of that conversation as well. But I, I think what the Nuggets have been able to accomplish, what they accomplished this year should signal to the rest of the NBA, evolve within the margins, make things happen, and stick by the guys that have gotten you to the heights that, that you are at. And, and it, really, it really has been impressive to watch year over year.
4: Yeah, and, you know, you can even look at the teams that they beat, not including the Heat, to get to the finals. Like, they beat the Lakers who have, you know, made these huge trades, bring guys in, not doing it the homegrown way. They beat the
0: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more. Game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why?
2: Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why?
0: Brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
4: ...who did the exact same thing. I know Devin Booker's homegrown, but they brought in... They brought in Kevin Durant, shipped out the guys that were homegrown. And I just, you know, I feel like that we've had conversations where if they were a little bit more patient, maybe they could have gotten over the hump. So I fully agree with you. The Nuggets have set a blueprint that I think the Grizzlies could pretty easily follow. It feels like that they already may be on that pathway a little bit you can even talk about how they've stayed loyal to a guy like Malone and the Grizzlies have done that with Taylor Jenkins and that can be a similar situation there so I would if you were a Grizzlies fan watching the Denver Nuggets win the NBA Finals that should be encouraging to you because the Grizzlies could replicate this they've already got the three guys they've got the guys there they're just looking for these marginal pieces on the wings to figure it out they're not far they're not far away
3: and there was always doubt too shed on the Nuggets. Sure, Even absolutely. Even this year yeah. first, they were first in the West and everybody was just talking about, well, well I got to see them. I got to see it to believe it. I got to see it to believe it. And then now you see people uh, you know, nationally, not everybody of course. Again, not monolithic media here, but when when you see people talk about their road to this NBA Finals win. People say it was easy. And I, I don't know if I buy into that. I don't Connor. agree with that. I mean, like, I just look at what they were able, the teams they were able to pass with superstars on them. Kevin Durant, and obviously Chris Paul got hurt, but Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, where well, they got past the Suns in six games. They swept the Lakers with LeBron James and AD. In, that Western, in the Western Conference, they were the best team. Well, I shouldn't even say in the Western Conference. They were certainly the best team in the Western Conference after the, uh, after the trade deadline, but they were the best team in the NBA, the Lakers were after the trade deadline. And, and, and the Nuggets made light work of them. It wasn't really a competition. I guess you could say game to game, but a sweep is a sweep is a sweep. So I, I don't know if I buy into this just simple road to this NBA Finals. The Nuggets were just dominant, and they played as a team, and they didn't really get flat by anything. No. They weren't bothered. Now, they had some, they had some good injury luck. There's no question about it. And they sort of won that war of attrition we talk about in the playoffs year after year after year, but that 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 road is the road. They they won 16 games. They won the championship, and they were confident in what they were doing. 16 and four, 16 and four as a playoff uh, record. You can talk about those teams not maybe being up to snuff that they that they played throughout the playoffs, but 16 and four is dominant. So even if you think. Even if you think that those teams were not all that great, being the Timberwolves, uh, the Lakers, the Suns, and then the Heat, they went through them like butter. I mean, they slight, it was easy. It was easy for them this playoff run.
4: Yeah, it, they were inevitable. They were the inevitable force that was happening this season in the NBA. They were there at the end of the regular season. They were there. At, they, they were just always there. And like you said, it was almost like they were too boring or not sexy enough of a pick, so people didn't want to believe in them. And to your point, just because you don't have adversity really in the playoffs and you do just kind of dominate doesn't mean it was an easy, easy path. It just means that the best team probably won. The team that should have won the NBA Finals this year seems like they won the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets... Every single time a team would throw something at them, they had the answer for it. And they were able to adjust. They never got figured out. They nope. were the best team all season. And they won the way that they should have. They won in a dominant fashion. I love it. You know, the heat made them change the style of basketball that they were, that they were playing. They weren't the high-powered offense that we saw them be in a few of the series. But they were like, okay, we're going to lock down on defense. And we're just going to let Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray do their thing. And it was beautiful to watch. It really was. I know that it was 94-89. It was a lower-scoring final. It was a nasty
3: game five, it let's was, be honest. But it
4: was a fun, like, 90s brawl. Like, it felt like, you know, that's what's been annoying me is some of the people that are like, I miss the 90s basketball. It was so much better back <laughs> then. then. You it's like, you, you got it. it last night and you hated it, so <laughs> shut up.
3: Please shut well, up. Well, but also, I, you can say it was sort of the 90s brawl, but the Nuggets didn't play particularly well in that first half at all. They had 10 turnovers. It was just unlike them. You could feel them. And they being still like, got over the top. They were still fine. They relaxed. They yeah. got back to their ways. In the you second you half. could feel them
4: a little tight because I think in the first half they were like, I think they were going to close it out tonight. But what I will say is, watching the game, I never had a doubt in my mind that they were that they were going to win. Mm-hmm. Even when they were down, even when it was 24-22, to and even when you know they lost the second quarter 27-22, to I was like, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game.
3: And all shucks, and hate, I hate being right all the time. We said it the entire series, even when even when the Heat won game two. Even when the Heat won game two. They just didn't have enough. No. They just didn't have enough. I mean, like, if you're running out, when Bam, when Bam Adebayo's off the floor, you're running out Cody Zeller. He was in for six, did you see the stat last night? He was in for 61 seconds last night. And he was a minus five. Yeah, <laughs> They ended up losing by five. The Heat, it was impressive. It's wild he took a shot. <laughs> it was impressive to see the Heat get to where they did this year. But once they got into that match against the Nuggets, they just weren't talented enough. They weren't big enough. They didn't have a chance, ultimately. No. They won a game because Eric Spolstra really was able to find a way to neutralize uh, what, what the Nuggets do on offense. He, he took the ball um, he, well, he put the ball in Jokic's hand and made him go score, didn't let him dish out assists, didn't let him do that. But then you saw games three, game four, game five, Jamal Murray is a guy who can set up that offense just about as well as Nikola Jokic. He had eight assists again last night. He had 12 in game four. So it just the Nuggets had too many answers for anything the Heat could throw at them. And as you get deeper into a series, how many adjustments can you make? I respect what the Heat were able to accomplish this year, but it's just it was never going to go their way in this series. It just no. never was. No,
4: because at the end of the day, the two best guys that the Heat have are not better than the two best guys that the Nuggets have. And I think that in the May Finals, on. Game 1, we said it's going to come down to that. It's <laughs> going to be, can, can Bam and can Jimmy outplay Jokic and Murray? No, they cannot and they could not and that's how we got where we were. And then we have 3 through
3: 7, it was never close. Was never, never close. close. It, like when you look at Denver's 49% MPJ, of their threes. MPJ, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Jeff Green versus Hell yeah, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Kevin Love, uh Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry. It just wasn't close. And I like Kyle Lowry. I think he's been a great NBA player his entire career, but he's he's on the he's on the last leg like he was he was very solid as a bench piece throughout this this playoff run but he can't provide you all that much in the grand scheme of things like it just you talk about the top two pieces i think there's a mismatch there but then the depth the depth just absolutely well, destroyed the heat they and, just don't they don't have enough and one thing that's been and let me know if this has been bothering you it's
4: been bothering me today it's been the discussions about jimmy butler and how we're talking about him where We've talked about over the last few weeks the sensationalism of media on TV, especially with sports. Doing all these conversations about, is Jimmy's run better than LeBron? Is he, ta- he going to be in this era now? Should we talk about it? Is-, is he the best heat ever? Can y'all stop doing this? Because they put all of this expectation on Jimmy, and now people are acting like that he was bad. It's like, what are we doing? A week ago... Y'all wanted to crown him as the best guy
3: in the NBA he, to have him. He the tweaks playoffs. his ankle and now all of a sudden and it's like, he struggles a little bit. What you, are we doing you, you here with these on. narratives?
4: Why can't we just talk about Jimmy Butler is a guy that you want to have on your team to go to war? You want him to go to war. He cannot win it when he's your number one guy.
3: Yeah. He can't do it. I don't he, think he's that, I, not He's Jimmy is an amazing
4: that. basketball player. He's got an outside shot to make it to the Hall of Fame. He does because you team, can win
3: playoff series with him. You can as win your playoff one.
4: series with him. You're not going to win the finals with him as your number one guy. And it's not fair for all of us to expect that from him. He put the world on his shoulders. He put this team on his back for in the Bucks series and he did some remarkable stuff. He got them to the NBA finals. He really did. Some of the guys stepped up. Their bench players, their role players stepped up. They hit shots that they usually don't. We need to keep it in perspective here with the Heat. We need to stop dogging them today and acting like that they didn't do exactly what we expected them to. Yep, yep. It, it's been bothering me the conversation around Jimmy Butler because it's unfair to him. He's a phenomenal player. He got all, them over
3: top of the Celtics and the Bucks. That that is that a in huge accomplishment to me. is enough. But that, that that goes back to how we discussed the NBA. If you don't win exactly. the championship, we just it's, it's null and void. It's null and void. And like I think a lot of times we we. From a regular season to postseason standpoint, we just we completely those are two separate things and they should be in a lot of ways because if you're not a you could be a good regular season player as you get in the playoffs, if you fall flat, you struggle. But Jimmy Butler does not fall flat in the playoffs. No. He he rises to the occasion. But there just comes a point where we're talking about team basketball. And he yes, just don't exactly. have a good enough team. It's not. It should not be a shot on Jimmy Butler that they could not beat the Denver Nuggets this year. The Denver Nuggets were the best team in basketball. Yes, they say there's nothing wrong with with Jimmy Butler's output. This these playoffs, this entire season, he was phenomenal. He just hurt his ankle and couldn't get couldn't beat a better team. Even in with that a moment. healthy ankle, couldn't I couldn't do think... it a third time. Exactly. He... But here's the thing: he couldn't do it a third time. Right. We're talking about that 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 Celtics series. That Bucks series, he already got over top in those, and that was surprising in itself. A third time with a hurt ankle, I, I, you can't put that expectation on him. That's too damn much. Now, I will say, Bam Adebayo, I think I think some respect needs to be put on his name. Game four was a struggle. Yeah, game four was a struggle. He had seven turnovers, but he showed up. He did. He showed up. Bam showed up. Uh, Twenty points every single game of these these finals. Um, he had double-digit uh, rebounds every single game of these finals. Like, the, the, the conversation's been about him. Does he shrink in those big playoff moments? He didn't shrink. I didn't think he shrunk and in the, in the slightest.
4: I, I think he did about as good a job as you can to trying to defend Nikola Jokic, too. He did everything he could. He was trying. It wasn't from a lack of effort. It's just Jokic is the best player in the world right, world right now. He is. Yep. He just is. It's watching him play basketball. It, it's I've I've been saying it for a few years now that you know, Marcus Gasol was like the T800 version. He's the T1000. He's the T2, and you just there's nothing you can do to stop him. There's just nothing you can do to stop him. Sometimes Nikola Jokic has figured out this game in a way that very few ever have.
3: And it won them a championship. There was 11 teams before last night that had never won an NBA Finals. That number's down to 10. So 10 franchises now have yet to win a championship, and one of those is our Memphis Grizzlies. So how close are the Grizzlies? How close are the Grizzlies? And what do they need to do going forward to make sure that they can win a championship and get a parade in downtown Memphis? I have three ways on the other side for the Grizzlies to ensure they're next. That's coming up on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: Back on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I do have to mention this. Christian Brown, who I thought was phenomenal at moments throughout these playoffs for the Nuggets, now, he might be one of the biggest, one of the most impressive winners in in basketball right now. He had three state championships when he was in high school. He won a Peach Jam title, won an NCAA championship his one year there at uh, at Kansas, and now he has an NBA ring. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's impressive stuff. And also, I I, I know we mentioned it a little bit um, in the first segment, but Jokic not what I mean. I I can't get over. It feels like the Thursday parade around Denver is more of an inhibitor to his life than it should be, right? It's like the—I I said this on Twitter last night. It's like the work event. It's like that, uh, you know, your your boss invites you to a holiday weekend, uh, a holiday weekend uh, barbecue that you you really don't want to go to, but you feel like you're forced to. Like that's what Jokic is. That's how Jokic is treating this. Uh, this championship parade.
4: I think my favorite thing about everything surrounding Jokic right now is the horse jokes and him wanting to get back home for his horses. It's not a joke, it's he legitimately what's happening. He then said, you said,
3: You said he has he has a horse race There's in the a presser. Race he then. said,
4: I need to get home to my horse because I have a horse race on Sunday. Like he has a horse race Sunday. So that's why what he, happened he wants if the, to get well, home.
3: What would have happened if the. Uh,
4: well, I'm assuming that <laughs> I'm assuming he wants to go when he can. That's, I'll you know. say
3: this: that's pretty cocky, scheduling a horse race for a Sunday. Hey, that's Jokic, baby. Not not knowing uh, not knowing how the series was actually going to play out. He, I guess he knew. I guess he knew how it was going to play out. We're going to win. In I want to know his horses' names. I bet they're good. I want to know how many he has. Plenty. He's about to get more. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of money. He can he can afford them. He can afford them. There's no question about it. Now. Ten franchises after last night have yet to win a championship, and one is the Grizzlies. So with that, I, I, I was thinking about it last night, and I know a lot of people here in Memphis are thinking about it. How close are the Grizzlies? How close are they? You would think they, they're they relatively close. They were number 2 in the West back-to-back years. They were able to win 56 games two years ago, and they were able to get to the playoffs two years in a row, despite even last year having so many issues with John ja Morant and injuries it was an injury riddled season. Jaron Jackson Jr. started the year injured. John Morant had his issues. Um, uh, Dylan Brooks missed some time as well. Um, but I, I have three ways to for the Grizzlies to ensure that they're the next. They're the next team that has not won a championship that will. This is this is number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. And uh, sidebar: When when's Adam Silver going to announce the suspension? Now that the NBA Finals are over. If
4: I had to guess, it will be Friday.
3: Okay, so after we're waiting until after the parade. I think it'll be he, after the parade. He doesn't want to parade. take any shine off of the celebration at all. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just thinking it's Friday. But number one, this should be the most obvious thing. Get right, Ja. Get right. We've had two incidents in the past four months of him flashing guns on Instagram Live. We go back to last offseason. He had a lot of free time, and he had a lot of run-ins with several people. Um, there, there was some litigation involved with uh, him sort of beating up a kid at his, at his own house over a basketball game. We know, I don't, I don't have to litigate him, but he needs to get right first. None of this happens. Nothing can happen without John Morant on the floor and playing at his highest level. The Grizzlies will not win a championship without John Morant playing. It's that simple. Now, a suspension is going to be handed down, and we'll see what happens there. I still think the 15 to 25 game range is what we should be looking at. But even with that, I think the Grizzlies behind closed doors should think of this as a short-term moment, and I don't know if they should wager anything long-term and make moves long-term based on this short-term moment. If Tyus Jones is still on the table, and I'll get to that in a moment, uh, to to move off of as a player asset, you still go make that move. But ultimately, Ja has to get back on the floor, and he has to stay back on the floor. It's that simple. I, I know this sounds obvious, but if John Morant is not part of the fold for the Grizzlies, they have no chance of winning a championship. He's the face of this Grizzlies team. He's one of the faces, young faces of the NBA. He brings eyes to Memphis. National TV games are are that way because of John Morant and who he is at his peak when his personality is showing through when they're winning ball games. People love him. People latch onto him. So John Morant, first and foremost, has to be on the floor for the Grizzlies to get where they want to go and get into that championship contention window and ultimately win an NBA Finals.
4: Absolutely agree with everything that you just said. It's like your man Trevor Trout said, you know, John Morant is worth all of this. His talent is worth all of this. It just is. He just is. You know, because when he's on the court, I feel like, I don't think people in Memphis have forgotten, but I do feel like sometimes nationally people forget that this guy is a, he is a MVP candidate when he is playing at his highest level.
2: we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve a nice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter modella is your reward modella the mark of a fighter trick responsibly beer imported by Crown port chicago illinois
4: guy can do on the basketball court very few in the world can do he scored 45 points with a damn near broken hand like yep. <laughs> you know he is remarkable when he's playing, and the NBA is trying to turn him into one of the faces of the league, if not the next face of the league for a reason. Because like you said, he's got a great personality, but his high-flying acts, his play on the court, the way he can contribute to winning basketball is the most important thing for the Grizzlies moving forward. He, if, if the Grizzlies are going to get to their highest level, I've said I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. Can, you know, he can be kind of the cheat code for them to really get over the hump, but if John Morant's not right, it's, that doesn't even
3: matter. And this really goes matter. for the, the the three in the core, right? Desmond yeah. Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and John Morant. If they're not on the floor, the Grizzlies are going to have a lot of trouble getting to where they want to go and winning a championship. I mean that, that that's that's very obvious. But John Morant, being the face of the whole thing, being the the lead of the operation, being the most high usage guy, he is the most important. And honestly, considering the moment, he he really is the the guy that's sort of inhibiting what the Grizzlies are doing right this second because you just don't know what his future holds. You don't know what the suspension is going to look like. You need to make sure he, he surrounds himself with the right people. Uh, he makes the right decisions going forward into the future with his career. But if he's not on the floor, the Grizzlies are going to have trouble. Let's get to number two. Number two. And this goes for this offseason and going into you know the future, right? Be aggressive, Zach Kleiman. Be aggressive. I, I know what he said at exit interviews. What he said at exit interviews is I probably shouldn't have tripled down on youth. And it, I, I, I do think there's something to be said about the Grizzlies and their focus on internal development. And I, I, I can see where there would be a tendency, considering how well they've drafted, uh, Brandon Clark late in the first round, uh, 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 Desmond Bain at number 30, um, Xavier Tillman early second round, I could see where you could get a little bit cocky with drafting guys and thinking, okay, I'm going to develop them and they're going to be reasonable parts of this franchise and they're going to be immediate contributors. But at some point, you have to look at this year. Zaire Williams didn't take the step. Jake LaRavia was a no-show. Uh, David Roddy didn't really come on till the end. You have to, at some point, on the open market, go find proven commodities. And who is that? Like, who's out there? We've talked about Macau Bridges. We've talked about OG Ananobi. We've talked about Cam Johnson, DFS, all these different guys. Go be aggressive on the open market, whether that's a trade, whether it's using your mid-level exception to go find a Dylan Brooks replacement. You have to be aggressive on the open market. You have all these picks that you've stowed away. You have 25 this year. You have, in 2024, the Warriors pick. You own all your first-round picks into the immediate future. Use those, package them up, see what you can go make happen. If there's nothing out there for you to make happen, go see what the free agent market looks like. But Zach Kleiman, it's becoming increasingly clear that he understands he needs to be aggressive, and that's a good thing. You should view that as an absolute good thing.
4: Yeah, and the best part about it, too, is like we've been talking about, you can be aggressive without having to necessarily change up a huge portion of this team. Like, you're trying to make that you're trying to find that fourth guy. You're trying to find the next wing piece. You might want to look at maybe, you know, helping out the big depth a little bit if you think you need some help there. If you do move off the tieus, go find another backup guard that you could have that could fill in time for when Jaw is out. I fully agree with you. Stay aggressive. Don't go away from anything because of the situation that's going on with Ja. This team has to make a move if it wants to improve. If they do not make a move, we are going to be having the exact same conversations a year from now.
3: You can't do the same things and expect different results. Yes. Obviously, I think those three pieces that are part of your core are going to grow into themselves and continue to get better. Agreed. John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain. But you still have to find the requisite pieces around them to make it happen. And to your point, you're not trying to find a second option. You're not trying to find a third option. You're trying to find a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh Option that can give you consistent minutes. Look at the Nuggets, for example. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Christian Brown was phenomenal. I know they drafted him. Jeff Green, as a vet, was great for them. Bruce Brown off the bench was phenomenal. They're paying him less than $7 million a year, but that brings me to my third point. Number three. Work the margins. Work the margins. You don't have to. We've talked so much, so much about OG Ananobi as a big name, Macal Bridges, again, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Jalen Brown has been a discussion, which I think is ridiculous. You don't need to make a massive splash to improve this team. And the reason I say that is because I trust those three guys at the top. You don't need to go out there and find somebody that could potentially uh, sort of ruin your pecking order, make you a little bit uncomfortable. You don't need to pay a guy exorbitant amounts of money to keep him around, give him an extension, the whole nine yards. You don't need a guy that makes $20 million a year. Look at the Nuggets. Look at the Nuggets and what they were able to accomplish with a guy like Bruce Brown and how good he was even in the NBA Finals on the road in Miami. Scored 21 points was the reason they got over top of the Heat in Game 4. You don't need to pay a guy an insane amount of cash to make sure that this team is well taken care of. You can work within those margins, find proven commodities. It doesn't have to be old vets like Jeff Green. It doesn't have to be young vets like Bruce Brown. You can go find whoever you need to find, but make sure that you're not risking anything in the future of this pecking order. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Moran are at the top. But you can work within the margins go make something happen. I know all of the discussion is about the bigger names the OG Ananobis of the world. But that's not necessary for this team to get where they need to go.
4: Yeah, agreed. Once again, I think you're crushing it right now.
3: <laughs> so, I, you
4: know, to your point about the big names, like OG or Mikhail Bridges would be an absolute home run. Those are 10 out of 10. Holy crap, this team really has a chance to win the NBA Finals next year almost immediately. But let's say that it's not one of those names. If it is a Bruce Brown, Cam Johnson, DFS, Kyle Kuzma, Karis Levert, those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. Those are not bad names, and you can get them he, he, at, a, at an affordable price, and they will do exactly what you want. Because you're looking for reliability on the offensive end and the defensive end. Dylan gave you reliability on the defensive yep. end, but he was so inconsistent offensively that you couldn't rely on him there. You couldn't. You didn't know game to game, night to night, what you were going to get on that end of the floor. You knew what you were what you were going to get defensively, but it being such a crazy like. You have no idea what's going to happen with them from night to night. You can't have that. So you're looking for a consistent guy that knows his role, that's going to that's score you and, points on the offensive end, not going to hurt
3: you on the defense. And here's where I'm at with the new CBA and how much they're trying to limit super teams and create parity. I don't think you need to go grab a big guy, a big-name guy, because what's going to happen eventually is you have John Moran on contract, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's on a deal right now. I understand that. Desmond Bain's probably going to be up around the max. Um, and then if you bring in that fourth guy – Eventually, if he plays really well, he may want an extension upwards of the max. You have to make sure that you're trying to save money along the way because the NBA has parameters now. You have to, you have to be very well aware of where that luxury tax line is. You could lose your mid-level exception. Um, you, you could pay a whole lot more once you reach that luxury tax blanket. So getting that big-name guy sounds great in the moment, a few years down the road how are you feeling about the money how can you make the money work so ultimately work within the margins i just i i just saw the nuggets and i i doubted the nuggets in a lot of ways uh the moves they made this off season you ship off a guy like monte morris and will barton bring back a guy like kcp i say how much does that really make you better are you really that confident about where you can go with kcp as opposed to will barton you bring in bruce brown are you really that confident about what bruce brown can provide you with the nets he was sort of with you know middling at times offensively didn't have a, a big bag but they found guys that really fit their system that bought in and i think the grizzlies can take a, a massive massive some some understanding from that and and the grizzlies are right there on the precipice i do believe that get through this jaw suspension understand what what's coming to you going into next year keep jaw on the straight and narrow and this team is right there on the precipice of championship contention. I thought if they stayed healthy this year, looking at the West, yes. if you had Steven Adams in the fold, I thought even then, even then they could have been in that championship contention window. Things work out a certain way for, for different reasons. But I, I don't view this year getting knocked out in the first round. And I know there were some injuries and some reasons that that was the case. You, you drew a tough matchup in the Lakers. I don't view this year as necessarily a step back. A lot of people will, but when you look at how the the Nuggets were, were able to get over top, it was, let me see here, it was second-round exit, Western Conference finals exit, then they regressed, second-round exit, first-round exit. Then the, ultimately they won, won the finals. I view this year, you know, they got to the second round against the Warriors, the Grizzlies did, then they lose in the first round against the Lakers. I don't view that as a step back. I view that as a stepping stone and taking your lumps as a young team. And that's, that's how I think most people should view it.
4: Yeah, it's like Jaron talked about. They had to get humbled. They had to get their lumps, and hopefully they're going to grow from that and move on. But I think the biggest point that you're making right now is not about really the free agents or, the, or doing around the margins. The most important thing I think that you said was that you already have those three guys, and those three guys are going to get better. They're still very young. Even Desmond Bane still very young, and they are only going to get better from here. So I feel like sometimes... Grizz fans are looking at this roster and they're kind of forgetting that this is going to be a combination of bringing in a new guy and the improvement of those three pillars that you already have there. When you talked about the Nuggets moves, those moves happened with the combination of Nikola Jokic becoming the best player in the world, with Jamal Murray really going into his bag and becoming a, a, a playmaker, not just a shot maker. He became a playmaker this year. Aaron Gordon got better. Michael Porter Jr. got better. It's the combination of improvement and bringing in an extra piece. It doesn't have to be some home run. It can just be, if both of those things increase, it's good news for the Grizzlies.
3: Yeah, and, and you get into window talk at times when you talk about making moves on the open market and like how, how if, you're waging, if, you're, if you're wagering and putting all these ad draft assets out, these player assets out, how long does that window stay open? My thing with the Grizzlies is 23, 23 and 25 is that top three. That window is fine. Yeah, I don't think you need to stress too much about having that thing close up immediately. And I understand how windows can be. We talked about the Jazz, what, two years ago with the number 1 seed in the West, and now it's all blown up in their face and all their players are elsewhere. Donovan Mitchell's here. Rudy Gobert's there. I don't think we're really running into that issue with the Grizzlies. They're too young. They're on player con- or on team control. And that window can be... Here of, of playoff contention, of championship contention, as long as those guys are in the fold, you just have to work within the margins to go make something happen.
4: Yeah, and and if I'm being completely honest, I really thought that the window opened for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was the first year that I thought the Grizzlies had a legitimate chance to win the NBA Finals. I really did. I thought it was going to be this year. But to your point, by the time you got to the end of the season with the injuries that you had, you had all the stuff going on with Dylan. It just it wasn't in the cards this year. But that window's still open, and they're going to come out next season, and I think it's going to be a better, constructed team. I think Jaw's going to – you can call me naive, you can call me a homer, whatever you want to. I believe in Ja. I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to be the John Morant that we know on the court. He's going to be productive. He's going to be high-flying. He's going to make winning basketball happen. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to continue to get better. I think he's going to be an all-NBA guy next year. And Desmond Bain, who knows what he can do coming
3: back with a healthy toe.
4: That's another thing. Yep. Desmond Bain, with a broken toe, basically, was putting up 35-5. and <laughs> yeah. Pretty damn good man. Yeah.
3: I'll take it. It's pretty impressive for a guy who's either your second or third. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. What if the marginal improvement good. is just 25? <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's year after year. You have this young core. You, you, you have what you need. Just work around them. Work around and them. Maybe one of the young guys pops. Yep. I, I guess I, what, what do you think? Who, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd wager my money on David Roddy. That's but I know, probably. But here's the thing. It's Seems like, like they still believe in Z a a little bit. It feels like there's a big belief in, in Zaire to a certain extent, but Jake Laravia kind of gets the... He's interesting. I mean, the exit interviews hearing here in, uh, Zach Kleiman talk about, I think people will be surprised by Jake Laravia. We'll see. What's the likelihood? And I, I, I fully believe, based on what I've heard from Zach Kleiman in that front office, that they're going to be aggressive and go try to find something in the trade market. But what do you think the likelihood is that missing piece is... One of those young guys. I think it would be a, this is going to sound bad, but
4: I think it's like a final option, but not a bad final option. Like, I think that they're absolutely going to try a trade, free market, maybe try something in the draft. But, you know, ultimately, if it's like, you know what, we couldn't get it done, it's going to be very disappointing. And I do think that they will deserve some criticism if we're just like, hey, young guys, they're going to try it out again. There, There will be some disappointment in that, but, you know, it might work out. I just don't think that's the answer. I'm going to say that's not the answer. I don't yeah. think it's going to answer. I, the I don't
3: think it is, and I, I don't think they think it is. But uh, you know, with them, some, I think, some of the hope that they have placed on Jake Laravia, Zaire, David Roddy, it's, it's apparent. Like they they feel like those guys can be, um, be a, a potential missing piece in that rotation. Feels like there's a ceiling on them though. With them, yeah, yeah. Zaire better show something quick though. Yeah, I have to say
4: this year was. Come on, this, man. Come this on, year, kid.
3: This year was unfortunate. His rookie year, I really I really like what he had. He this shows year, flashes.
4: Just... He's so I get I understand why there's still belief in him. He shows these flashes well, and in I, moments.
3: From the beginning, I understand why there was belief in him, but at number ten, he was overdrafted. I think we can sure. for the most part. I think that's fair. I think we for the most part can agree. So to see him have that regression in year two is just terrifying.
4: Yeah. Hopefully just get him a healthy offseason, healthy season. That's what we want.
3: Yeah. Now Gabe Kuhn here for FanDuel Sportsbook. Hit a homer with Five Dollar Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each Tuesday, all customers will get a five dollars. We'll get five dollars in bonus bets for every home run hit by both teams when you place a twenty-five dollar to hit a home run wager on MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you five dollars for every home run hit tonight. I'm telling you, we have the Mets and the Yankees playing. We know that it's a cross town rivalry. Take Francisco Lindor. He's plus five hundred. On the money line right or on, on the line right now, um, and he's facing Luis Severino, and Luis Severino only has four starts under his belt, five five point seven five ERA. He's way up there. I, I like my chances with Francisco Lindor, who has twelve home runs on the season to go make that happen. But ultimately, if he if he doesn't hit one, I like my chances of the Mets and the Yankees. They are some home home run hitting teams. Make sure that you uh, if you're going to go place this bet twenty five plus dollars that you find a game. Where a lot of home runs are going to be hit, and I think Francisco Lindor is a good option tonight. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head on over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app by going to FanDuel.com/gabeK. That's my promo code G A B E K to pick your home run hitter. That's FanDuel.com/gabeK G A B E K. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full terms at slash sportsbook. The gambling problem. If you have a gambling problem, call Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789. Now it's come to that time of the show. Jeff Calkins will join us on the other side right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 929 FM ESPN.